Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Laura Checkaway, she is the she's joining us now to talk about her film Edith plus Eddie. Do you say Edie and Eddie? How do you say that? I just want to make sure, Laura, I'm on the right. I'm saying the right thing here. Yeah, I usually say Edith and Eddie. Okay, and uh, yeah, it's got a plus sign, and I I wasn't sure, so I wanted to make sure I got that right. The uh, the story. This is a film that was shortlisted for short uh, for best documentary short subject, uh, a winner of the IDA International Documentary Association uh, film for best short of 2017. Cinema. It's a nominee for Cinema Eye honors for best nonfiction short for 2017. There's a lot of things about this, and let's read a little bit about it. I I, I described it earlier, but basically, uh, Edith and Eddie get married uh, at the age of 96 and 95 years old, and then. They are obviously in a point in their lives where they need help, but the love between them is undeniable, uh, and it goes from there. I, I don't want to give a whole lot away. I'm going to leave that up to our to Laura to decide what we tell people and what we don't tell people, other than to go see this movie. Um, go ahead, Laura. Tell me, do a little bit better job than I did of sort of summarizing what your film is about. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for having me. The film starts as a love story about Edith and Eddie, and, you know, they find love late in life. Um, It starts as an inspiring story about the reawakening that both of them experienced with each other. You know, they just found a new reason to wake up in the morning uh, when they they got together. And um, so, yeah, you know, I entered into this looking for a hopeful picture of, Love and um, finding vitality and living on your own terms at that age. And then um, there was a dispute between two of Edith's daughters who couldn't agree upon what was best for their mother. And as things unfolded, the couple becomes, their marriage is threatened and, um, you know, they're in danger of being torn apart. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was was saying you came to the story because of this great, 95 and 96 year old who were going to get married is that sort of how is that the when you first knew of them when i met them they were newlyweds yeah, so they had recently go. gotten married and yeah i found that to be so inspiring that you can find love at any time in your life and oh. why, not? Oh, why not um and you know they were living with um more vitality than I see in some young younger people. They were going to church, you know, several times a week. They went out dancing at night, and yeah. I just thought, what a beautiful thing that they had awakened and sparked something special in each other. Well, now, obviously, the they and they let you into their life. Uh, I, I, I assume that the, their, one, their daughter was, or it would have been Edith's daughter, had something to do with sort of your ability to gain access to the life. Tell me a little bit about that part of the story because you're there in 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 some very very emotionally wrenching um, points in the film. How how did you gain their trust? Edith and Eddie were really proud of 
each other and their love. And, you know, everywhere they went, they held hands, and you could just see people's hearts melting and smiling whenever they saw them or met them. And so they were, you know, excited to share their story and let us in really quickly. And, yes, Edith's daughter, Rebecca, as well as her granddaughter, Robin, who were helping care for them um, during that time, also, you know, opened their arms and their hearts to us and just let us right in. Yeah. it's They're just exceedingly um, intelligent, uh, intellectually as well as emotionally intelligent. I think we we often lose the distinction between those two elements of our personality, of our lives, that people can be very smart, but intellectually, and on an intellectual level, but on an emotional level, not so much. These people mm-hmm. seem very open and honest with each other. I think by the time you get to that point in your life, you're not really too concerned about BSing anyone, but still it felt genuine and heartfelt. Everything about their relationship, it would, it does melt your heart, honestly. It really does. Yeah, there's, there's a beautiful scene where they're both sitting by the river in one of their favorite places and just having an everyday conversation about life and you know you see how Edith is so optimistic and prayerful very faithful and Eddie is very clever and he had a you know funny bite to him and um so it's just a wonderful conversation where they're both almost having a separate conversation with one another and my cameraman Neil when we were filming that was laughing behind the scenes saying oh this is like a classic conversation between any married couple. Right, right. Well, now, let I want to let people know how they can find out about the film. Well, you have a Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com, Edith Eddie Film. That's one way yes. to find out about the film and screenings and the rest of it. Uh, websites as well. Let, let, let's let people know about that. We do. The website would be edithedie.com. Okay, edithedie.com. And... I, I w- I'd want to focus on the film, the film production, and uh, again, going back to this kind of access you had, did you have any inkling from the initial introduction to them, the story of their their love story and this marriage at the age of 96 and 95, as to where the story was going to end up going, or or did that some something that somebody tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, you might want to come back and see what's happening with them? Yeah, it started with meeting them and just wanting to, you know, I had a sense that there was something special there, and I wanted to know more about them, and I knew from the first moment we met, which is actually the opening scene of the film where you see them dancing together, um, that was the first time that we met, and started filming right away, because I sensed there was something there, and knew right away upon meeting them that, that that was true, and also learned very quickly about the dispute between the family and realized that um, perhaps this wasn't just, you know, a short, sweet tale of love, but that there was more of a storyline and a plot there. I had no idea the drama that would unfold, and um, there's a pivotal scene in the film where, you know, even after making the film and editing it and showing it, you know, around the world at festivals, it's still just kind of... um, takes my breath away and chokes me up every time I see it. Well, completely understandable. It is an emotional film, and but th- one of the gifts that Eddie and Edith have given us is a, a window into a world that is hiding in plain sight. What are we doing with the elderly? How are we taking care of the elderly? How do these things play out? Obviously, these are family matters. Obviously, there's a lot of emotion involved no matter what, uh, but however 
what we need to ask these questions. How do we handle end of life for the elderly in ways that are fair and honest with everybody involved? And that's what you're in, in my opinion, your film has cracked that door open for us in order to walk through it and begin to have a more robust, a more full, full conversation about that. Absolutely. And, you know, at screenings, um, at festivals that we've had so far, audience members come up and just express a wide range of ways that they're relating to what they've seen, and it provokes some really intense and powerful responses. And it's everything from people who, Edith, um, her rights and her estate get taken over by a legal guardian who's never met her before right. and knows nothing about her. Right. And this is something that we found out or happen- is happening to elders across the country. Right. And so, you know, it's everything from uh, viewers who have experienced something like that within their own family with the legal guardianship system, as well as folks who, you know, are just looking to talk to their parents or grandparents about what they want and, um anyone who's, you know, had a family member go into a nursing home. I mean, it's a a really wide range of responses, but it feels like there's something universal in that so many of us have not really figured out how to deal with end-of-life issues for our loved ones. And, you know, it's it's tough. Um, I don't know if there are any easy answers, but I do think that just staying close with those that we love and paying attention to what's going on with them is a good starting point. In your experience with the film and as you've traveled around with the film, um, are there things that you believe we could be doing legislatively, by law, by – are these more cultural issues that we're dealing with in terms of our understanding of the elderly? What what sort of – you know, if you have a, a, an opinion at this point moving forward, how do we, how do we address some of the things that are, are part of your film? Uh, Yeah, like I said, you know, just holding your loved ones close and learning about what they want and um, what their best wishes are and what's in their best interest, I think, is really key. And on a legislative level, uh, the legal guardianship system is really in need of reform. And there are some groups and some activists that have started and been leading the fight towards that. It's a system that has no federal oversight whatsoever, so it's state by state, and it has allowed um, it's allowed a lot of things to fester because of the lack of oversight and accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yes, it, it's something that uh, as the boomers approach the age of when they're well, our parents have, and as the boomers approach that point in their lives. There, there, I don't know what's going to happen in terms of how much stress we're the boomers are going to put on our on our institutions to take care of the elderly because it's a huge kind of bubble within the demographic demographics of our country and around the world as well. These are things that have to be addressed now. We can't be in a crisis mode and try to address them because it's going to be too late. Absolutely, and what we found is that within the legal guardianship system, it already is in a crisis mode, and it's a hidden crisis because it tends to be something that's only on the radar of those who experience it within their families, and because it's so often experienced in isolation, they don't realize that this is happening to families and elders all over. So we really hope that this film will help to, um, you know, spark some important conversations and 
hopefully lead to making an impact. Yeah, it, I, that's it. That's it. So, so and I, through the, like I said, through the you know film festival circuit, through now the awards that the, the film is garnering, it is slowly and hopefully gaining the traction we need. And you're absolutely right. These kind of situations, when they happen, it feels like it's only you against the world and, and not realizing that uh, this is something that is systemic that's going on. And um, I'm hopeful that... Through your work, this begins to begins to become part of our discussion. Um, I you you managed as well. In addition to being a wonderful film and the awards it's won, you managed to gather around you a quite an impressive production producer team. Um, tell me a little bit about how Share, and then you also had Steve James and uh, Gordon Quinn. How did all that come about? That's pretty remarkable. It is remarkable, and I really think that it's a testament to just the power of the story and Edith and Eddie. And, um, yes, so share, there's a news clip that you see in the film, uh, the, the couple's story made the local news right. in Virginia when their marriage was being threatened, and, um, Cher in Malibu saw that simulcast on television, and her heart just leapt out upon seeing the couple, and she reached out wanting to know how she could help them, and so behind the scenes, she actually hired an attorney and tried to help um, protect Edith and save Edith. And so she really just did this out of her the kindness of her heart and her own generosity. And um, she and I connected through that. And now she's come on board as an executive producer, which is such a gift. Yeah. And then, of and course, Steve, Steve, yeah. Steve James is a longtime mentor of mine. He also executive produced my first documentary, Lucky, and he has been an angel in my life and yeah. um, brought me into the fold at Cartem Quinn. And so, you know, it's been incredible getting to know Gordon Quinn as well. Yeah. And my producer, Thomas Lee Wright, um, also came on board and um, has been just absolutely incredible. Yeah. It, it is. It's a. It's and it's again. The awards are just flowing like wine, uh, and uh, it's uh, it's a well deserved. Shortlisted for the Academy. It's a won an award at Cinema I, and and as well as with the IDA, International Documentary Association. So so grateful for the film and for for you coming on the show today, Laura Checkaway. This is a it's a great film, and uh, I'm I'm congratulations. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Again, the film Edith and Eddie. You can go to editheddie.com to find out more about the film. It's also a Facebook page. Laura, check away. Thank you again. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.